This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Whoa That's Good podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're having a great week so far. Y'all, we have some fun stuff in the LO world coming up. uh, Literally next week, we have our conference. I got my conference tee on right now. Can't wait to see you guys all there. If you're not there, I'm so sorry you're missing out on this, but I'm sure we'll let y'all in into some moments. But that's next week. Today, I have a super special guest on the podcast. So excited about him being back on the podcast. This guy literally sang at our wedding, so he means a lot to our family, and we are so thankful for his new album out, Joy in the Morning. We have Torin Wells back on the podcast. Welcome back. Yo, what up? Yo, I like that. Maybe I should start saying, yo, welcome yo, back to the Let's Go Podcast. That's good. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Well, I'm glad to have you back. Um, you know, it's funny because they said, you know, Torin has a new album out. He should be on the podcast. I said, absolutely. I was like, wasn't he just on the podcast? And they're like, that was like a year ago. I was like, what? Yeah. Time flies. Time has fun, especially in the post-pandemic era. It's like, those years never happened. It's so I know. strange. It is so yeah. strange. It is so strange. Well, we have a couple things in common. Uh, one is that we like to dance. Um, so yeah. that is fun. You're a lot better than me. I hope. I we'll don't get know there about day. that. You literally <laughs> went on. So you think you can dance and like are the goat no. of so you think you I can did dance. not go on. So you think you can dance. That would be legit. I went on Dancing with the Stars. Not at, <laughs> that is that is not that is not mean you bad. can dance. My Listen, bad. So you think you, did you so can dance? Good. <laughs> that means that means you really can dance. Dancing with the Stars means you got a chance, but this doesn't mean yeah, anything. Okay, you did so good. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. But we also have kids, kind of the same age. Yes. Um, Wait, is Banner, how old is he? He's 15 months. Okay, so one month older than Honey. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's wild. What's he into right now? I mean, as you know, they're just, kids are insane. He's the the fourth boy that God has blessed us with. And uh, he is really discovered his personality and his defiant will. <laughs> yep, yep. So I think more than any of our other kids, he has this like ability to throw a fit that I haven't seen in our previous oh, no. three children. And all of them can turn up pretty good, but it just has happened so early with him. And so we're having to put the the smack down <laughs> oh, yeah. on him early. Listen, it is hard because with Honey, like, she thinks when I say no, it is the most hilarious thing. And I guess because I typically have a pretty positive tone. And so mm-hmm. when I say no, which you would think would scare her, but instead yeah. she cackles. Like, she laughs. Loses it. <laughs> and I, I looked at my mom one day because I was like, honey, no, do not do it. I, mean, I was being strong with her. I grabbed her little hand. 
she's just laughing her head off. And I looked at mom. I was like, what do I do with this? Like, yes. what do you do? So we're learning oh, that too. Yeah, it's an it's adventure. Tough. I don't it know is. if we raise them or if they raise us. It's tricky. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I think you both learn in the process. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you back. And also, um, I got to see you recently at Caleb Awards, which was awesome. You're a great host. Um, Thanks. What was that? What was that experience like getting to host with Matthew? It was dope. It was easy. You know, Matthew is a vet when it comes to hosting yeah. the the fan awards. He carries it a lot. I don't know if people really realize the weight that Matthew actually carries for the award show uh, with putting a lot of the content together, writing a lot of his material, some of those moments, of course. Uh, one of the producers of the show, Steve Strout, has gone on to be with Jesus this year, and he was an integral piece too. Um, but Matthew just blows me away with his creativity, how spontaneous he can be how he holds it all together. So I was just like riding his wake, you know, excited mm-hmm. about my suits and hey, just yep. having a good time. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, that's part of it. You know what's crazy is when we started this podcast uh, four, was it four years ago? Gosh, we were like, okay, how do you start a podcast, right? Like, what do we do? And my friend Steph, who works with me, who's now the president of LO, it's a very official title, but she kind of she kind of runs on the back end of everything we do. She was trying to help me start this podcast. Neither one of us knew what to do. And she said, you know, I'm going to call a friend because I think he could help us. And it was Steve Strout. And he actually sat with me the whole entire first season of the podcast with every guest I interviewed and helped me navigate how to do this thing. And uh, yeah. And what's crazy is fast forward four years later and I won uh, the fan award for the podcast, and the next day he passed away. Wow. Um, and it was just a, it was really a wild, wild thing. Uh, he's the one that texted us and let me know I was nominated and couldn't believe it, just the journey with him. So it's just a that crazy story. That is so crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And the common thread that really inspired me about Steve's life was, you know, sometimes you can feel like maybe – you're the only one someone is making feel special or believed in. Mm-hmm. And I felt that way about Steve, like, oh, Steve really believes in me. He really supports yeah. me. And then I started hearing so many stories like yours of yep. people he just poured into. And yep. Uh, yep. it really inspired me to be intentional, you know, about time right. and investment in people. He had mm-hmm. a, a really beautiful life. He did. He really did. And yeah, that's, he showed up. Like he didn't just help me from afar. He literally sat across the couch from me, every single one. And that just meant so much. So yes, what a good life he lived. I'm glad we got to honor him, even in telling some of y'all that story who all you listening might not know Steve, but that just shows you the impact one person can make that y'all might not know the name of, but man, he got so much started that you guys see and are touched by, which is awesome. Um, okay, so I know you've been on the podcast, so I won't ask you straight out what the best piece of advice you've ever been given is, but I'm going to ask you some pieces of advice in different areas of your life that I think we could all benefit from. Okay. Um, let's start the, with the, marriage. Do your guests get nervous usually with this? I feel like it, it's such a, it's a big question. <laughs> the best yes. advice. I don't even remember what I said last time. <laughs> I know. No, it's huge. It it is intimidating. And yes, people get nervous. But you know what? It just breaks the ice from the beginning. I actually think, though, and why I asked that question, I'll tell you, is because normally what what people come up with in that moment, whether it's the best piece of advice they've ever been given or something that sticks out to them, 
because this person's so influential who's on my podcast and, and you know so much of what they do, what's really cool is to see what influenced them and who mm-hmm. spoke over them or what, what was said or what they learned that helped mm-hmm. them become who they are. And yeah. normally when someone says their best piece of advice, it's almost like, oh, well, that, that's an obvious. Like we can see that you were touched by that or we can see mm-hmm. that you were moved by that. And I want people thinking like that who listen to this podcast because they're hearing stuff that you'll say for the next 30 minutes, that's probably not your first best piece of advice, that they will then take on and tell someone else this is what they are influenced by. So it's that's just cool so to good. see the chain reaction of advice that you're given and how it shifts your lives in different in different ways. So uh, you don't have to be intimidated. It doesn't have to be the best, but give us some, <laughs> give us some good marriage advice. Well, I think the best marriage advice I could give would be learning to communicate to each mm-hmm. other in the way that the other person feels actually heard and spoken to well. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's been like a revolving door from our dating relationship to the early years of marriage. We've been married almost 12 years. Um, Even recently, we've been in counseling talking about how we talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And we always say this, like, your words matter. So words carry our heart, they carry our intentions, um, they carry our attitudes, our affection. So we should really try to get good at words. And communication is one of the most important parts, I feel like, of our relationship and learning how to speak to each other and hear each other. Like sometimes it's not being offended by what you're hearing but sometimes it's presenting what you're saying in a better way so that the person doesn't feel defensive. So we're just constantly learning that and honing that. That's so good, man. That is so good. And that's something everybody can relate to. I mean, even if you're not married in relationships with people, like learning how to communicate in such a way that, you know, you're not defensive, they're not defensive. If you can say it better, that's huge. I mean, that's life-changing stuff. That just living in a more peaceful home stuff, you know? Yeah, right. I love how you mentioned y'all are in counseling and talking about that Um, because, you know, I mean, I think nowadays people are so pro-counseling. We actually just Mm -hmm. hired our first ELO counselor who is uh, meeting with young girls locally and helping us some on our app, which is just a blessing because we're huge advocates for that. But let's say like in life in general, like when do you get to the point where you're like, okay, I need counseling, let's call someone. Or is it more like we always need counseling? Why not talk to someone? How do you all kind of see that? Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, 
bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. I, I think there's been a few benchmarks for us that we've decided we will always engage a pastoral voice or the voice of a counselor. Um, and major life decisions or transitions, we always make time to meet with our counselor. So that was before we got married. Um, the first year of our marriage, we did a lot of counseling. Uh, when we had our first child, uh, I think with every child, we've actually had counseling because the dynamic of your life changes so dramatically when you add people to it, whether yeah. it's a spouse a child, children. Uh, when we were making decisions about ministry, we involve a pastoral voice or a counselor. Uh, so it's just kind of an ongoing thing where we know like doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and, you know, you have to make them uh, for your overall soul health. Yeah. And the best thing we can give to each other, the best thing that we can give to our children, uh, to the people that are kind of shaped by our influence is a whole us yeah. um, as individuals. So we, we try to do that. Now I'll say when I was like maybe nine or 10, my dad tried to take me to a child counselor because my parents were separated when I was young. It was tumultuous and I didn't obviously at nine or 10 understand what was happening. I wish that I would have had the awareness to lean in even as a child because, you know, the bumps and the bruises, scrapes and scars that come with just living with little traumas that happen. uh, It's really important that we take care of them as early as possible. Uh, One, one woman that I follow, Dr. Anita Phillips, she's a baller. Mm -hmm. She said, uh, all through life we experience traumas and it's like people handing us little explosives. Mm-hmm. And most of us take these little explosives and we go put them in a closet somewhere. Yeah. And 
eventually they all add up. We get married, things happen in life. We lose a parent, we lose a loved one. Something happens and it causes everything that we've stored, all of those explosives to ignite at the same time and go off and it brings the whole house down. But if we became experts in learning how to dismantle some of these things that life hands us, then when we do experience the big tragedies, the moments that feel like they're going to break us, we're actually equipped in a sense to handle them and it doesn't trigger a bunch of other things. So I think as early as possible, if you're even thinking about getting married or wanting to be married one day, I would start counseling now because you want to bring as much of a whole person into that relationship as possible. And I wish I would have been a better steward of my soul health and heart health prior to marrying Lorna. Um, you know, thankfully there's grace in the midst of it and God has used our marriage to level both of us up. But, uh, I think the earlier, the better. That's awesome. Such good advice. Last night, I was actually watching a sermon by Matt Chandler. And, you know, Matt is such a, uh, he's a Texas guy, you know. He's mm-hmm. a big Texas guy. He's very manly, if you will, uh, which what does that mean, right? But he's, mm-hmm. he's just that guy. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes he can be kind of harsh and sometimes he can be kind of, you know, tough. But he was talking about childhood trauma. And, I mean, he just got weepy. And it really, it really touched me because it just shows you, like, no matter who you are, um, the things that you face when you're five years old matter. You know, the things that that happened to you when you were little, they have an effect on you. And he was so compassionate towards others and so empathetic because he was um, thinking about what happened to him, too. I just thought that was such a good sermon because I'm like... Yeah, like you have to deal with those things. And I love how you said, like, if you don't deal with them eventually, they, they will all um, implode on you, if you will. Yes. Um, so yes. that's just great advice. It's great advice. I'm glad that you said that. And for those listening, you know, um, if you if you don't know what to do with that, like Torin's saying, go see a counselor. Uh, most churches, I feel like, have counselors around. You can ask someone mm-hmm. for a referral or a recommendation. So if you're kind of lost in that, maybe go ask a pastor go ask um, a mentor at church, go ask someone, um, even call the church and ask if they have counselors that they know of in the area. That would be a great way to get some Christian counseling. Um, Okay. Now last, last little piece of advice. Let's go to, let's go to music and career because Mm. you um, have, you have a, this is a big one. I mean, how are you going to think of advice? You know, I'm putting you majorly on the spot, but what comes to mind when you think of giving people advice who is wanting to pursue a music career? I would say that you have to determine what success looks like for yourself before anyone else has the opportunity to shape it, speak into it, or create a metric for it. If we don't know what the bullseye is, we could climb the ladder and realize it was leaning on the wrong wall. And, you know, I think... God has given me the gift of time to really figure out who I want to be and what I want to do. Uh, Because, you know, my story starts probably 12, 15 years ago trying to do music. And it's been a slow, but God has been faithful in it journey. And it's allowed me to constantly recalibrate and refine really who I want to be. 
Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with having dreams and goals, and I'm definitely goal-oriented and vision-oriented and all of that. But the biggest vision I have to have for myself is who I want to be. Right. And uh, that that's what I would that, that would be the number one thing outside of, you know, you got to work hard. You know, you got to grind. You know, you don't have to get on YouTube too early. Let yourself develop in the dark room for a little bit. But know what you want. Know who you want to be. That's good. Man, that's such good advice. Um, so speaking of who you want to be, you have such a unique um, you're such a unique artist because you sing these, I mean, obviously they're, they're Christian-based songs. You could, you could sing worship songs. You could sing whatever you want because your voice is amazing. But then you also get up there and you dance and you perform. And, I mean, at Caleb Awards, the Fan Awards, that performance was, I mean, that was epic. That was so, so good. And Thank so you. I just love how, like, you're not like anybody else, but you also clearly have been influenced by other people you know I mean I think about like Michael Jackson you know like Mm -hmm. it's like Michael Jackson style which is awesome and Christian music but it's not cheesy you know it's actually Mm -hmm. like really cool and it's really well done how do you um how do you fully be who you are but also be influenced in a positive way by what others do but not be a copy of that does that make sense because I think so many people are like oh I like what that 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 guy does but instead of just being influenced by them they try to be them and then yes. that never works. So how do you find the balance of that? Uh, well, I think my parents, first of all, did a good job of instilling a certain level of confidence uh, in me to just be myself and not be afraid to play alone. It's something that I tell my boys all the time now that my dad told me. I was upset because the kids weren't playing with me at recess on one particular occasion. And my dad was like, just go do something by yourself. Don't be afraid to play alone. And that's mm-hmm. kind of been my mantra. Like, okay, I'm going to do me. And I hope that it resonates with people. And my heart is to serve people. But I know that not everybody's going to like me or like it or understand it or mm-hmm. whatever. So I think having that deep level of confidence uh, ingrained in me from my parents speaking over me. Like, I remember the day my mom told me, you are such a handsome young man. I remember mm-hmm. what I was wearing. It, it made an effect on me. I remember moments of my mom saying, you are brilliant, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm brilliant, mom. But <laughs> like, I remember those. I remember my dad saying, you are a leader. So yeah. be a leader, you know, and I just... I think it's so important we undervalue the power of saying how we feel about people in a positive way. And so with my kids, I try to never hold back and I might be ODing on it uh, and I never want them to have an inflated view of themselves. But there are so many voices trying to tell all of us who we are, who we're not, who we're supposed to be, who we're not supposed to be. I think having that deep inner confidence is really important. And then, you know, I just recently, when I started the process of Join the Morning, I got to spend three days with Stephen Furtick writing for the album. And I've looked up to him for a long time, been listening to him for a long time. And I was telling him kind of my struggle of, well, I lead worship at my church half of the year. I've been on staff at my church for my whole music career. So 
there's just a part of me that loves the local church. At any moment, I would put all the music stuff down and I would just go work in my church mm-hmm. um, and be completely fulfilled. I love leading worship. I love preaching. I also love dancing and I love pop music and I love hip hop. And mm-hmm. I have all of these things that I want to get out, but sometimes I gravitate toward what I think people want the most. Yeah. And it's not necessarily who I'm called to be the most. And he gave Mm. me permission. And I think that's what a lot of people need is permission. He said, I think you need to feel permission to bring Mm. your whole self into this next season of your life. That's good. And that, that's where I wrote this album from. That's where I had the confidence to go out on the Kayla Fan Awards stage and do a whole thing, uh, choreographed dancing and the music videos and all of that. It's because I've decided, whether misunderstood or not, whether the results are everything that I want them to be or not, I am not going to go to my grave with any potential untapped. Yeah. even if I don't feel like I'm the best dancer, I love it. I'm going to go yeah. do it. That's awesome. So that's so good. Th- that's the vibe. That is, that's a great vibe. And, you know, I tell people, I tell people that all the time, like so many people, especially in the college age, it's like, because I think you had to pick like one major, you know, like you get to pick one major, one minor. It's like, what are you going to do? It's these two things. And it's like you're supposed to hone in like everything that you were created to be into like these two things. Yes. And then you have to go find one job that has, you know, something to do with these two things. And it's like yes. actually God created you so originally and so uniquely and put so many giftings in your heart. And, and you're not bound by that having to all be summed up in one thing. And, yes. you know, I, I don't think it's bad that the system is we have a major and it's not bad that you go get a job. That, that's not what I'm saying. But I just feel like if you think that you can't be all that you're called to be and all that you're created to be because you're confining it to one thing, then mm-hmm. I think that's where it becomes a problem. And I always tell people because I was like, well, have this in me and have this in me. I just don't know which one. I'm like, you don't have to choose. You know, yes. like like you can do both. You can be both. And, you know, hopefully you have a long life ahead of you to where they'll all come into the picture at some point. And so I love yes. that you're not just saying, well, yeah, I like pop, so I'm going pop. Or I like worship, so I'm going worship. Or I like yeah. to dance, so I'm just going to go dance. Like you're doing it all in one. And that's what makes something the world hasn't seen before. And that's what's cool. And I think like for people like to realize when you just do that one thing or when you, when you say, well, I'm not the best dancer, so I'm not going to dance the world misses out on something super cool if we all didn't do it because we weren't the best only one person would be doing it who yeah. was the best and we'd have no Which standard be... for the best because no, there'd be no one trying there'd be we no one trying try. it would be yeah. boring it would be totally boring so i just love that um okay one more question before we get to this album because it, it is so good i can't wait to talk about it um so let's let's give some social media advice because you're so good at social media i actually uh wrote down Am I? things that you are <laughs> you are oh, like the things you, that you Sadie. say you are you'll talk about i mean because you make it fun like you'll you'll do the dance stuff you'll do all this kind of stuff but then you'll go deep like you talked one time about i wrote it down about how we can bring our doubts to god 
Then you talked about this whole thing about Ephesians 2, 10, for we are God's masterpiece created him. And what I wanted to point out is like, you are not afraid to get on social media and give people a word, which you, you're like that all the time. Like you can give encouragement, but talk to people about using their platform because I mean, I, I think that you do such a good job on using your platform for what it's intended to do, to, to get your stuff out there, but to also just like give people good advice, give people mm-hmm. word, encourage people, motivate people, move people. So talk to people about using what they have in their hands. Yeah. I think what you said, Seti, is perfect. It moves people. Every person has the ability to move someone. And every skill, talent, gift, interest has the potential to move someone. Mm-hmm. And I've just decided that if I'm going to move people in any direction, I want to move them toward God and toward each other. So yeah. the goal of my Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is, the metaverse, uh, yeah. is to move people you know, toward God and toward each other. And I think sometimes we discount the power of what we have because we so closely analyze what we don't have. Sometimes we take better inventory of what we lack than what we possess. And I think if we take good inventory of everything that we have, we would realize we actually have a lot to offer someone. And I came to grips with the fact that I'm not going to reach everyone in the world uh, as idealistic and optimistic as I am, uh, but God has given all of us a measure of influence. And ultimately, we're going to be held responsible for how we used what he gave us. And I I just don't really overthink it. I do invest in it. I I remember back in the day, I had like 10,000 followers on Instagram. Yes, 10,000. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this is too many followers. I'm deleting my Instagram. (laughs) Because I felt, oh, like, uh, you you know. (laughs) So I deleted the Instagram. And one of my friends texted me. He's like, did you delete your Instagram? I was like, yeah. He was like, did you not know what to do with that influence? Wow. And I was like, okay. So I got back on Instagram and I was like, okay, you know, what can I give people? And, you know, now we just do it. But don't discount what you have. It is valuable. It has so much value. And that's where we go back to make success your own. Make it personal Mm -hmm. because... If you're trying to evaluate yourself, I actually think that you said this and you said it better than how I'm about to paraphrase it. But just because you have influence doesn't mean you make an impact or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked about how, you know, you can be famous and not actually have influence. But you could be not famous in the world standard, but make more influence than someone who is. Because influence is about actually creating change. And so just because you have a blue check mark doesn't mean you change anybody's life. It's the words you choose to say when you have that or even if you don't. Because someone who truly impacts, I really believe this, if someone has 100 followers and truly impacts their 100 followers, 
they really could make more of a difference in people's life than someone with 100,000 followers. Yes. Because you impacted people, which means those 100 people will multiply into their 100 people. Mm-hmm. And that, see, like, to me, that is so encouraging because it's like, oh, use what you have. So, that's such a good word. And I love what you said. You said don't overthink it. I think that is, like, the most underrated social media advice. Like, don't mm-hmm. overthink it. Like, uh, yesterday, I was recording this little video for social media. I walked in. My teammate said, hey, can you record this real fast? just 30 seconds I said yeah I get on I go hey guys what's up blah blah blah, blah. 30 seconds said, here you go and my te- the girl said I literally would have taken 30 minutes to do that how did you do that so fast <laughs> I said let me give you the best piece of social media advice don't watch it back and I was like don't watch it back I was like because if I watched that back I'd sit here and I'd say well I kind of said this weird or I kind of looked weird and let me fix my hair but it doesn't matter you know because yeah. I knew what I was saying. I said it clearly, you know, at what, who cares what I look like? No one's going to watch that and be like, well, when she said it like that, that was kind of weird or her hair looked bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I just think we waste so much time and we waste so much potential by overthinking what we're posting. Now, obviously hear me when I say this, use wisdom in what you're posting. Think about it in such a way that, you know, you're trying to make impact, but don't overthink the little things that no one else would notice only because you're being critical. So yeah, I, I said, best piece of social media advice don't watch it back and i i love that and i would say too you know when you're posting like i think we should try to make an effort to post what is authentically our lives yeah and so if you're going out on the boat with your friends you know post about it but i also hope you know that you are spending time with jesus in that you know, he drops a thought in your heart or a sentence and you type it in your notes and you just post it. Like, I don't think we have to be weird with like floral print posts and everything's (laughs) color coordinated with the scripture. Cause I don't think that that's very attractive. I love what Paul said. He was like, I didn't shrink back from my faith. You saw how I lived among you. And I think there's something so important about all of us realizing the real power of the believers that we live among the people, not above yeah. the people, not outside, not in some weird parallel universe where everything's always good, but to really yeah. authentically share our lives, our faith in a natural way, and then allow God to, to do something with it. That's so good, man. I love that. That's awesome. All right, let's get to this album because it's so good. Joy in the Morning. I love even just the title. The title makes me just like, yes, like we need this. We need this mm-hmm. message. Whatever it is, I'm here to listen to it because because we need that. This Joy in the Morning. So talk to me about why the message, why the title, where are you going with it? Yeah, Joy in the Morning. Ooh. Well, <laughs> the scripture says, <laughs> weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And yep. We have all been through night seasons. Uh, People listening, you may be in one right now. You know, there have been so many funerals I've been at that I didn't want to go to. Um, So much heartbreak in the world that we're abnormally exposed to that our little hearts can't hardly handle. Um, There have been just major cultural moments, shifts in the very fabric of our society. And really, it can start to feel pretty dark pretty quickly. And 
I just wanted to remind people that our ultimate hope is not God solving all of our problems Mm -hmm. on this side of eternity. All of our hope is not getting the promotion or finding the right person or all of the things that we think are going to infuse us with joy and hope. Those things are nice and God can use those things and there's certainly nothing wrong with them, but our hope hinges on the horizon of heaven. Yeah. And there is something so concrete and tangible about what we have beyond this. And I just wanted to remind people that no matter what you are walking through, that all of our problems have an expiration date, that Mm. one day we will experience exclusively joy, hope, peace, love, comfort, strength, unity that exists Mm. in in God's presence. And Mm. it's easy to lose sight of that. So I hope that this resets our sight line on, on heaven. Yeah, man, that is so good. I love that exclusively joy, hope. You know, I don't know if you ever have had this experience, but uh, I've literally had this happen to me since I was a kid where it's like I'll be laying in bed about to fall asleep and all of a sudden the thought of eternity pops in my mind and I get totally freaked out Mm -hmm. and I like cannot (laughs) sleep. I'm like, oh gosh, what does that even mean? Yeah, right. And that's literally happened to me since I was a kid. Well, it's been a while since that's happened until about three nights ago, laying in bed, about to fall asleep. And there it is, eternity. And I was just like, whoa, you know, and it's not that I'm, it's not like I totally believe in heaven. I totally believe that's, you know, where, where I'm going, but it's just the thought of eternity that's so wild mm-hmm. to me. So mm-hmm. I get Christian, I'm like, Christian, you're so awake. I'm like, I can't stop thinking about eternity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what does it mean? Oh, and so gosh. we start talking about it. But it, but what's really cool is like when you just said that, like exclusively joy, exclusively hope, exclusively peace, like that's what's found in the presence of God. It's like it makes the that thought less scary, you know? And, and yeah. I think for us, like you have to – you have to acknowledge that life is uh, but a breath, you know, Mm -hmm. life is, it's just, we are going to die, you know, we go to all these funerals and one day it will be ours, not to Mm -hmm. get morbid on y'all, not to go too deep, but to just think about that, you know, and I love that, like the Lord, it, it says in the word, like he put the concept of eternity in mankind, even though we can't understand the concept, we know yes. it's something that's coming. And so to think about the fact that, that that what is coming, that actually is joy and that actually is peace, that actually is the presence of God. And yes. I think, you know, sometimes it, when I was younger, I can say, okay, well, if eternity is just going to be spent worshiping God, like, you know, asking myself the honest question, is that is that enough? Like, will that really mm-hmm. satisfy my soul? You know, mm-hmm. because like an immaturity mind will say, well, I want to make sure that I know my people and that I have this and I have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But understanding, and when you have those moments during worship sets with God where you're worshiping and, and you almost lose track of time and you, you don't even think about it, you're just worshiping God and like, you feel so much peace and so much joy and so much excitement. It's like in those moments that you say, man, I can't wait for heaven because yes. this is the best feeling in the world. And so I just love that. Yes. I know that took me on a different route when you're talking about that, but but I think it's cool. And I ended up talking to some friends about that and we all related. So I'm like, some people need to hear that, well, that yeah, eternity absolutely. with God is great. 
It, it's good. It's, it's good. good. And it's, it's what we hope for. Like that is yes. our ultimate hope. If, yes. if eternity with God is not good and it doesn't exist, then all we are left with is disappointment, heartbreak, loss, yep. dysfunction, sin. But because we have this hope and it's not some figment of our imagination. It's not a myth or a fairy tale. When we think about eternity, we have to look at it through the lens of God and the character yeah. of God and the fact yeah. that we know that God has existed and still robed himself in flesh and stepped into historically the planet yeah. Earth and touched yeah. people and cried with people and wept for himself and ate with people and laughed with people and then died and was resurrected gives yeah. us the reality that there is a reality beyond this one. And yeah. it's not it's not some thing out there in the cosmos. This is mm -hmm. built on the character and nature of God. So if yeah. we know that we can trust God with the details of our lives here and now, we know that we can trust him with everything that's after this. I think what's so cool good. is back in the day when they would build the churches, they would put the cemetery right out in front of the yeah. church so yeah. that when you went in, you had to contemplate death. And when you left, you had to contemplate death. And I wow. think everything now in our culture I mean, we defy age, so we definitely yeah. don't really think about death. And I think if we're viewing it through the right lens, which is what God wants for us, is that, you know, Paul said to live is Christ, but to die is gain. gain. Like yeah. there is something beautiful on the other side of this, and it's what we have to look forward to. It's so good. Okay, so just stopping for a second, because I know some of you are listening right now, and you're like, whoa, like, the last <laughs> eight minutes just went like, whoa, and, and, and <laughs> look, I love it, because I know people need to hear this, you know, there, there are some of you guys, you were listening, and you're like, this is so weird, because I've been thinking about this, I've been literally awake at night, cannot sleep, because I cannot thinking about maybe the fear of death, or eternity, or I lost someone, and well, am I going to see them, and you're thinking about all these questions that you don't have answers to, and this is exactly mm -hmm. what you need to hear, that God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, that's John three sixteen. that's the reality for you, so if you, you're missing some answers to these questions, that, that's your answer to the question, Jesus Christ is the answer to your question, some of you are like, I've never thought about this before, this is totally over my head. I don't go to a church where there's a cemetery. I haven't contemplated death. I, I don't even, I'm 20 years old. Well, I just want to encourage you. These are things you, you got to think about, you know, because the, the reality is we've all been given life and we will all pass away. These are two mm -hmm. obvious facts about life. And so I hope that this can encourage you, though, as you journey through these thoughts and as you go on this path that there is there is a hope and i love that that you reminded us of that this is a hope there mm -hmm. is joy in the morning there's joy to come so anyways i, I love that we went there this is so good this is so it's good, good. I, I love this uh quote you have in your song this this line is so good you said this is this hit me it ain't even faith until your plan falls apart i was like mm -hmm. and you still choose to follow 
That is so good. And you still choose to follow. When you're writing these songs, like, as you're writing them, do you ever just write and you go like, whoa, like, that hit me? Or is it it from a place of overflow of, like, I just went through this, and so I'm going to try to take what I experienced here and put it into a song form? Or is it both? It's both. And when a a line like that hits, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. Uh, Because I get excited about the process of songwriting. So when you get a gem like that, it's like, somebody help me. Like I have to take a second (laughs) and just stop the whole thing and be like, hey, y'all got to just say it one more time. And it ain't even, ah, help me, Holy Ghost. (laughs) So uh, I get very excited about it. And then I kind of get back into the zone. But uh, That's yeah. so me, though. I that love was, it. Sometimes you got to take a little praise break. That's yeah, awesome. you have to. Just shout around the room just a little bit. Um, <laughs> I wrote that song with Stephen Furtick and Chris Brown, and Stephen lays down on the ground when he writes, and he's just kind of tapping his finger and just, you know, trying to, to, to get it. And he said that, ain't even faith till your plan falls apart. And I was wow. like, that's wild. <laughs> wow. And it's true. It's true because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, yeah. so many of us want to take the step of faith to choose the major, to commit to the relationship when we have this perfect picture of what the future is going to look like. And faith just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, Faith is actually for the difficulties. Faith is yeah. for the hardships. Uh, mm-hmm. It's for when the plan falls apart. So I'm glad that you like that line because that's definitely a praise break line for me. That is a praise break. That's so good. Okay, last <laughs> one I want to talk about is the song uh, Empty because it, yeah. it's so powerful. The whole thing's so powerful. I think it's a message we need to be reminded of. So you want to share a little bit about just the heart behind that song? Yeah. So full disclosure, you know, I'm not 20 or 25 <laughs> or 30. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to enter a, a unique phase of life called midlife. <laughs> and uh, which is wild because I'm 36. I, I really feel young, but that's what old people say. So I'm trying to not say that. But I started hey, that's reading. Not, that's not old. That's not old anymore. Oh, good. I, I, thank <laughs> you. I'm like, well, LeBron James is 37. Tom Brady's 40. He's still playing professional football. So exactly. I think it's that's not old anymore. It's changed. <laughs> uh, but I am reading a book called uh, 2020. And it's a. Uh, vision for midlife and uh someone who's actually 10 years older than me uh mentioned it in a podcast and i was like you know what i don't want to wait till i'm 46 to figure out what's been happening for the last 10 years of my life what if i actually got ahead of the game and there's this amazing quote in there and the whole premise of the book is about solomon who many people would say was the wisest man to ever live. He accumulated more wealth than Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. Uh, Mm -hmm. He had more women than fill in the blank. Uh, He experienced so much of life, and he penned the words, which you alluded to this earlier, Sadie, that there is a uh, 
a God-shaped void for eternity in every human heart so vast that it could swallow the world whole and still be hungry. Wow. Yeah. So, and this is the person, this is Bieber, you know, who essentially said, I have everything. I want a family. I have everything. I want Jesus. I mean, this is Hmm. a crazy statement from someone who has experienced everything and saying you can consume it all. Every, Every hope and dream that you have in your heart, you can consume it all and still be hungry. Because yeah. there's a void that only God can fill. I remember sitting in my writing room. It wasn't like this. This was at the house we lived in before this. And I was just so excited to have a writing room, like my own creative space, because I'd spent most of my time writing my songs and recording vocals like under a blanket in a closet or mm-hmm. at the dining room table trying to get my kids to leave me alone for five minutes so I could record <laughs> a vocal. So I'm sitting in my room, and my wife let me decorate it exactly how I wanted. So I had painted the walls green, and I had a couple of my plaques hanging up, you know, my little songs, you know what I'm saying? And I'm looking <laughs> around the room, and I'm just like, man, this is so cool. This is awesome. I got my own room. I've got plaques. This is dope. And then, you know, I hear my kids running around upstairs at the time I had three little boys and they're on some adventure. Lorna's in the kitchen and she's getting a meal together because I have family coming over. We're going to watch an award show that I'm nominated for an award in. So I'm like, wow, this is the dream, dude. Let me go over to my piano over here and just write a joyful celebration, you know? (laughs) So I go to the piano and I just start playing these chords. And the first thing that comes out is you could have it all and still feel empty. And I was like, "Uh, wait a second. Do I feel empty? (laughs) Because songwriting, I don't know if people that don't write songs will necessarily relate. But if you journal or write poetry or anything, songwriting kind of excavates feelings and emotions from your heart that you maybe didn't detect. You maybe didn't know that it was there. So sometimes when I'm writing, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that this was in my heart. And so the song began to take shape and it turned into this thing of you can have so many good things. You can have good things that are from God. But if but it's still not God. Yeah. So it's still not going to really fulfill every part of your soul. And I wow. think we have bought into, and this is what my book brings out. Uh, what we have bought into is even in our Christian messaging that God's going to fulfill our dreams and our dreams are going to fulfill us. Hmm. And the truth is, We will never be actually fulfilled with as many things as we do, even as pure as our intentions may be. We may preach revivals that save thousands. We may be the biggest influencer in the world, but we will not be totally fulfilled until we step into God's presence on the other side of eternity. Wow. Then and only then will we sigh with relief. This is everything I've been waiting for. This is everything I've been longing for because the reality is we were not created 
for here. Yeah. So. Wow. That's, that's Come empty. on. That's so good. That is so powerful. It makes me think of, um, I remember when The Greatest Showman came out, which I love The Greatest Showman. I love Showman. that movie. I I've seen it a hundred times. movie. It's so good. I, like, why are there not more movies like this, right? I know. And I remember going to the theater, Christian, and seeing it when it came out, and the whole, you know, it was just packed because that movie was just doing such incredible things. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, obviously, this guy, he had it all. You know, he, mm-hmm. he started the movie poor, then he gets it all. He has uh, fame and success and money. And, and as he's gaining it all, he's actually losing all the things that's important to him. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, he's sitting in that bar, and he is just, he's just destroyed. You know, he realizes mm-hmm. he just put so much into things that were empty. And the the all his people come back and they start singing and it was like I remember I just started crying and I'm not like a movie crier I I did not cry in movies and I'm sitting there crying I'm looking around everybody's crying and I think it was because it hit like a soul level of like we understand that it like all of this that the world can give us is not enough it is empty it's like that song in the Grishman never enough like you can have it all you can have the the spotlight on you and you can have the fame you get the success you could have the relationship you can have it all but there will be something in your soul longing for more because it's who you were created to be it's where you were created from and where you're created to go and so I, I just love it I mean this whole message is so good. This podcast is going to blow people's mind. Um, and I do pray sincerely for those who are listening that you do not just listen to this podcast, turn it off and try to go back into a normal routine. Like, like take a second, think about these things, pray. Maybe you've never done that before. Like turn out the music in your car. You got to drive ahead of you. Begin to pray, cry out to God. Um, you know, give your life to God. Go to church yeah. this Sunday. Maybe you've never been. Find a local church. Um, if if you're not there yet, watch a church online. There are so many, um, so many churches, so many resources for you to learn more. Go get a Bible. Start reading. If you don't know where to read, start in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Jesus' life. I just encourage you to dive in deeper to the things that we're saying. But speaking of deeper, like what's cool with this project is I partnered with Version to do a six-day devotional. Oh, come on. So, yeah, people can go get the Version Bible app. You can download it right to your phone and look up Joy in the Morning, uh, Torn Wells. And we go through actually Joy in the Morning the themes of empty um, and some of the other songs on the album as well. So just that something awesome. to encourage you and, and take you a little bit further. Yes, that is the best next step. Go do that. If you don't already have the Bible app, the version Bible app, download it and you can type it in in the search bar uh, what Torin's talking about. Go listen to the album Joy in the Morning. Torin, thank you so much for being on the podcast and jumping into these deep conversation because it truly matters and uh, I'm so thankful. This was, this was awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I just love you, Christian, little honey. And uh, can't wait to see everything that God continues to do with you and through you. 